right, guys. We're going to get started this morning. Good morning again. You guys doing okay? Doing good this morning? Well, hey, if I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, and thanks for coming this Sunday. It's always great to worship with you guys. Just so powerful, so rich being in God's presence. If you are brand new with us or you're visiting with somebody, thanks again for coming. Just a reminder, fill out this little Connect card. It just helps us know that you came, and then what you can do right after the service is bring this with you to our Next Steps area. And you can meet some of our staff and leaders, and we can tell you the next steps of how to get more involved here at Antioch. Um, before we jump into kind of our message portion, which you'll see we're doing something a little different uh, today. Uh, we got a little panel. Let me give you two quick uh, announcements about a couple things happening in the next few weeks. Um, one is we have our ADS Open House, Antioch Disciples School Open House, coming up on March 27th. It's just a couple of weeks away. And um, we, ADS is our 10-month discipleship program where we have night classes and one Saturday a month. And it's just a, a season of your life to devote and consecrate over to the Lord to grow as a disciple of Jesus. I mean, it's that simple, but I know in this room you want to be a disciple. At least most of us want to be a wholehearted, passionate disciple of Jesus. And it's an environment that you can just sign up for to say, hey, I'm all in. Grow me, Lord. Stretch me, Lord. I want to run hard after you. There's usually every year there's things that God deposits in the students that last for a lifetime. And so if you've never done the discipleship school, I want to encourage you to at least pray about it and consider it and um, jump in and come to that open house. That'll be really helpful to kind of get a feel of what it's like and to hear from uh, a speaker that night. So that's on March 27th. And then um, also let's give a shout out again for the North Carolina crew. Thank you guys for being here. Most of them are up there in the balcony. Thank you guys so much. I mean, really, just such a blessing. I mean, I just never want us to um, take for granted the fact that you guys had to raise money or pay your own way, give up an entire, your entire spring break uh, as college students to come here to this city and to serve after, I mean, how long was the ride yesterday? How many hours? 17, 18 hours in little minivans, like literally all day, and you lost an hour of sleep. Uh, last night. So just already, I mean, I know you just got here, but thank you guys so much for coming and uh, serving Northwest Arkansas. It's just such a, such a gift, such a blessing. So thank you guys. And what they're going to be doing, church, uh, this week, they're going to be uh, meeting here for their team times, worship, prayer, teaching. But then uh, they're going to be spending multiple hours on U of A's campus this week doing outreach, um, trying to meet people at cafeterias and lunch spots, trying to build relationship, talk about Jesus, invite people to um, follow him. And there's a couple kind of organized outreaches, giving away free coffee. And then on Wednesday night on U of A's campus in the Union, we're going to do a big worship night uh, on Wednesday night and just be inviting students to come, those that are hungry for more of God. So that's happening on Wednesday night. And so let's do this before we uh, move on to today's uh, panel. Let's pray right now together. Uh, for this week's outreach, okay? So you can pray for the North Carolina students that are doing the outreach. Just pray that God fills them with the Holy Spirit, gives them boldness and compassion to share with people they meet. And then let's also pray that they would interact and, and kind of come in contact with people that are hungry for God. Like God, I believe, has sovereignly prepared, whether it's, you know, one, two, five, maybe 20 plus students at U of A's campus that 
they know they need Jesus and they know they need community and this could be their week where they have a turnaround and a shift. So let's pray that God leads us to those people. Okay, so pray for the North Carolina students to have boldness and courage to share and pray that we'd find hungry folks. Why don't you turn just to one or two people next to you and even if praying out loud is new for you, just give it a shot. You can literally just say, Lord, bless them. Okay, if that's what you need to do, do it. God hears that, okay? So turn to somebody next to you and pray for about 30 seconds and then we'll get going with the uh, panel. Lord, we believe and ask you for your hand of blessing and favor over this week's outreach. Lord, thank you for sovereignly preparing students at U of A's campus. God, lead the North Carolina folks to hungry people. And Lord, we pray that the fruit of this week would be long-lasting. There would be disciples of you, Jesus, that are made from the interactions that happened this week. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. All right, guys. Well, hey, um, we're going to do a little panel this morning, which I'm excited about. Uh, We've been in this series called Biblical. Everybody say biblical. All right. The premise of this series is super, super simple. Uh, There's just so many different, um, I mean, topics that people think about these days, but there's also an ever-increasing amount of opinions and ideas about how we should think about certain things. Okay, this is a unique generation, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have access in our pocket to 6,000, you know, opinions about every little thing every second, okay? So the fact that there's so much going on, we need to make sure as the people of God that are submitted to him and submitted to his word, that we have biblical understanding, biblical perspective, biblical worldview, but the topics that people like to talk about these days, all right? And so it's really, really simple, and like that little phrase says in the top left corner, we want the word of God to be the one that guides our life, not the next person post or the next article you see or the next person's opinion all right and so we want to be people of the word of God you guys still love the word of God yeah me too so um, we've done uh, we just finished up two weeks on biblical unity and talking about the importance of that uh, Jesus's prayer in John 17 about how much he longed for it in his people he said that from unity that's how the world's going to know that Jesus was sent from the father that's huge and then we did a couple weeks on finances But this morning, we're doing a a little panel on biblical marriage. Everybody say marriage. All right. Raise your hand if you are married real quick. Raise your hand. All right. Keep it up. Keep it up. I just want to see how many. Okay. About 40% of the room. Hands down. Okay. Raise your hand if you uh, would like to be married one day. Raise your hand. All right. Great. Hands down. Any Pauls in the house? Paul. Any Pauls? Paul calling a few... Sorry. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. It's <laughs> not, not what I meant, but that makes sense. What I mean by that is a biblical reference of Paul felt called to be single all of his life. All right. I've met a few passionate young college guys that said, I have a, I have a Paul calling on my life. They said that freshman and sophomore year. And then they met a girl senior year. Anyway, so <laughs> the Lord's just changed my heart. You know, I just, I'm like, all right, cool. Anyways, um, so let me give you a a, a premise before we invite the panel up here. Um, In regards to marriage, I'm really excited about this morning because I think it'll be applicable to everybody. Let's say you're in this room, you've been married for 10 plus years, which is long around here. Um, Like, I'm hopeful that what is shared this morning will be just a helpful reminder and just stoke some fresh fire and how to continue to go deeper in your marriage and continue to love your spouse well, honor God in your marriage. For those of you that are um, just recently married, which we have several um, of you here, I'm hoping that today is like a big deposit of wisdom. 
and insight that you're going to carry for decades to come. And then for those of you that are not uh, married but want to be one day, I'm hopeful that God will give you vision that it is actually possible to have a godly, healthy, and thriving marriage. That marriage does not need to be something you're concerned or worried about and fearful of it falling apart, but it is possible by the grace of God and by two people that are committed to following Jesus in their marriage, it is possible to be, to, for it to be strong, healthy, vibrant, alive, enjoyable, 30 plus years down the road. And I want to give you guys a vision for that this morning. Does that sound good? Okay, so on the panel, we have uh, two familiar uh, couples, the Keiths and the Pauls. They help lead around here, but we also have some new faces, the Jelly Courses, Steve and Brenda. They are um, the lead pastors of the Antioch in North Carolina, and uh, they came in town. I don't know who's preaching for you this week, but somebody apparently. Um, And uh, anyway, so we get to hear from them as well. So let's give it up for these three couples. Y'all come on up here on stage. Okay, so the way it'll work is I'm going to be um, ask them a few questions, and um, then they'll, each couple will respond. And again, just encourage you to take notes, enjoy listening to their uh, wisdom up here. All right? Okay, I'm going to pass the mic off to you, Steve. First thing we're going to do, we're going to go to the line, one person per couple, and just introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? How long have you been married? And then tell us a short little version of how you either got started dating or got married. All right? Take it away. Steve and Brenda. Uh, we've been married 47 years in June. Woo! <clears throat> we, we have four children and 12 grandchildren. And uh, so we've been fruitful and multiplied. Um, and um, I'm, I'm pastoring uh, Antioch Raleigh, and, uh, but I am a, fa- hey! but, but yeah, yeah, everybody get real excited about that. No. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll just say this. That's not my identity. You know what? I, I am a much beloved son. Amen. And that is really part of our story. And uh, why don't you tell a little bit? Well, it's only one per. I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh, okay. okay. We have known each other since second grade. So a long time. More than 47 years. But she had cooties then. No, 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 no. <laughs> you all know who had cooties. Anyway, um, and when we were teenagers, the Jesus Revolution hit the country. And I don't know if, it, if you all have watched that movie, but it's a good one anyway, the Jesus Revolution. We got, the, the Holy Spirit really came in power then. We didn't even know we were caught up in it, but we were. And during that time, that's when the Lord spoke to me, that Steve was going to be my husband now I didn't speak about that to anyone like Mary I pondered it in my heart amen that's a good word I was an unbeliever well I saw him run down it was at a high school I saw him run down during a crusade the Jesus revolution one of those crusades that they had during that time and he gave his heart to the Lord and the Lord spoke to me again that's your husband and so I, again, pondered it in my heart, but the Lord did bring it to pass. I did eventually tell him, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right, we've got the Pauls over here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, I'm Steven, and this is Sarah. Um, We are both U of A graduates, which is kind of where we met. 
That's right. Woo pig. Um, and we are both teachers in Springdale, um, elementary and then middle school teachers. So we have a heart and a passion for kids um, and just loving on them. So that's a little bit about us. Now let me tell you a good story about how we met. Um, so we met in college. We both worked for a local summer camp um, here called Camp War Eagle. Um, I had a good friend. He was obsessed with Sarah. Like obsessed, it was a problem. Um, and after two summers of inaction, I went to this friend, and in a very gentle way, I said, hey, make your move or get out of the way. Ooh. Yeah. And he got out of the way? He bowed out. Yeah. yeah. He bowed out like a, like a fighter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the rest is history. So we've now been married, uh, coming up on 12 years. We've got... Three amazing kiddos, um, and yeah, we just love every second of it. So. All right, pause. All right, give it up for the Keiths here. Tell us about yourself, Keith. Woohoo! Um, I'm Maggie. This is Sam. Um, and we've been married almost two years, so 21 months. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds a little longer. Yeah, yeah. 21 months, two years, however you want to think about it. Um, but I work here at the church, and Sam works at Tyson. Um, and we met in 2020. Sam started coming here, but I did not really look, think twice or look at him or whatever. I was not even <laughs> thinking anything. Didn't even look at him. All right. <laughs> didn't, didn't even. Um, but he started really, really liking me. We were uh, renovating this house that was our office space. Um, and he was helping me out a bunch. That's when he really started liking me. And, but didn't, he didn't ask me out, but then he did. And I almost said no, but then I said yes. <laughs> but here we are. So it worked out. Oh, but so, so thankful for Sam and for, like, stepping out in boldness because he didn't know if I would say yes, but good thing I did. <laughs> Amen. Hey, you can keep the mic down there. All right, so, hey, just for fun, why don't you go down the line. Everybody answer this question. What's your, one of your favorite things about your spouse? Mm. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of favorite things about my spouse, but I think uh, one of the things that's, like, really special to me is that she's a big goofball. And that's like, it's something that she doesn't really show anybody. It's like, I kind of, I get that at home. It's like, Maggie's so goofy. And it's, it's just like constantly trying to make me smile. So I really love that about her. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, my favorite thing about Sam is that he's just committed to follow God. And even like, I saw it when we were engaged and dating, but also when we've been married, like he's committed to follow God and like change his ways to obey him. Um, and he's not stuck in his ways. He's not just trying to do his own thing, but He's committed to obey God, and also I'm just really thankful that he still pursues me, even though we're married, just like when we were dating, just that he still is pursuing awesome. me and chasing after me. That's awesome. One thing that I love about Stephen Paul, because there's a lot, um, is his steadfastness. I just think of Stephen, and he's just um, steadfast in his love to me and to the Lord, the way that he seeks the Lord. I think this is a comma, but it could be more things. His gentleness, his steadfastness, and his patience with me a lot, and his love for our kids, too. So he's just steady all the time. Amen. All the time. Awesome. Apparently all the time. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing I love about Sarah is that she's constantly pursuing righteousness. Um, and in every aspect of life, it's not just in our marriage or just in, um, you know, her work environment, but it's in the way she leads her kids, in the way we approach life group, in the way we approach um, outreach, community, in anything and everything. So she's constantly just seeking the Lord and what his favor is for that situation or moment. So. Awesome. 
Yeah, there are a lot of things. <laughs> but the thing that comes to mind is um, I love the way our conversations. We Steve is a very complex thinker, <laughs> and he lets me into his interior world, and we can talk for hours on end. And uh, it, that is one of my love languages. <laughs> Deep, meaningful conversation. So I think that that's been, he's my best friend. He's my lover. He's my companion. He's my partner. But, you know, that conversation has brought a richness to my life that I think I would be very lonely without it. So yeah. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Wow. I have to follow up with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, um, that, 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 of course, is one of, uh, when you've been married this long, you've you got a whole arm list of things, and each one of them pop their head up at moments. But one of the most consistent things that I see in Brenda is, uh, and I didn't tell her, I didn't tell her my, she told me hers, but I didn't tell her mine. <laughs> um, and uh, as I was just thinking about it this morning, what I was so grateful for was her loyalty, not just to me, but to Jesus. Jesus is always first, and when her loyalty to Jesus conflicts with her loyalty to me, I know it. She is very loyal to the Lord. And um, I've known him longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I've known him longer. Amen. Yeah, and she, she has quite a good conversation with Jesus, and they talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. Wow. Okay, so now share one thing you uh, don't like. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. <laughs> one of your least favorite things. But no, we're not going to do that. Uh, okay, so this is great. Um, so next question, let me just kind of talk to you guys for a second. We're going to talk about the purpose of marriage. And, again, this is one of those things that um, there's a lot of ideas out there on what is the purpose of marriage. Is it just for, you know, whatever Disney movie tries to get you to believe? It's just about life or ha happily ever after. You know, that's what it is. We want to just take a second and think about, okay, what is the purpose of marriage? So I'm going to have um, each couple, just one of you share um, and just what do you think is the purpose of marriage? How have you seen that play itself out in your marriage thus far? And then after that question, we'll look at a passage of scripture that really talks about that a little bit. So uh, you guys can start daily courses. Just what, how would you guys frame it and communicate it? What do you guys think is God's purpose, main purpose for marriage? And how has it played itself out in your marriage? Well, you know, marriage is the first institution, if you want to use that term, that was ever created by God. And it happened before the fall. Right. In other words, it happened before the church. It happened before Israel. It happened before everything. So it was God's neat idea before we messed it up. So he, he, uh, he's the anticipating God, and he anticipated what was needed for his companionship with his co-creators. That's what we are. And marriage, um, I believe he built in default systems that marriage was his process to grow people up into his image through the benefit of a spouse. In other words, the gift of celibacy uh, 
for those of you that said you were Paul's, is to grow you up into a, a fully mature person. Otherwise, you'll just be in, be in a, a kind of a, a, a centric uh, bachelor or old maid. Because it's a gift. You need someone else in your life so you don't end up being weird. <laughs> it, it, God wants to grow you up into his image. And he does that through a spouse who will often know who you are before you do. In, in both the negative and the positive. <laughs> Amen. Pauls, what do you think? The purpose of marriage. Yep. Okay. Um, well, there's a couple of thoughts that I have, but I'll try to keep it really short. Okay, so I said, just like any healthy relationship, that marriage gets to display to God's glory. Um, this one's unique, though, because it's the Lord is the head of the church, and Stephen is the head of our household. The church gets to submit to his authority, and the wife gets to submit to Stephen's authority, the head of the household. Um, so it just is a unique relationship that builds us closer to God's purpose and his kingdom. And then whenever we're living on mission together as like man and woman, there's just something unique about that as we walk into the world. It looks different than the world too as we point to Jesus um, in what we're doing and every single thing that we're doing, parenting our kids or doing our work or just going to the grocery store, like me and him submitting to each other shows Jesus to the world. And then one more thing is that ultimately one day Sarah is going to stand before Jesus's throne and I get to answer to Jesus. And one day Stephen will stand before Jesus's throne and he gets to answer to Jesus. And so while we're here on earth for our 80 or 90 years or however long, like I get to walk with him and help him like as he also helps me become ready for eternity because that's billions of years and so we're just helping prepare each other too while we walk together so great all right keys purpose of marriage yes so uh quick thing before i got married i was saying uh bachelor to the rapture <laughs> before maggie yeah and so i felt like god god spoke to me in that and he was like you're not dying to yourself being single right <laughs> and so i think this it goes hand in hand with this is that I really felt like um, marriage is to like make us more like him, to like strip away all, all, all the things that we are like selfish about, realizing that like when I had all my own free time, I, I still somehow was busy, but then it's like getting married, I was, uh, man, it just really like, um, yeah, it really sharpened me. And it really teaches me how to die to my own pride. It's like you don't really have like this private space where it's like nobody really sees, but you're constantly out in the open. And so it's, it's really because it's God like always sees everything we're, we're doing. But sometimes it's like we forget or we're just not like, man, the, like the all knowing, all seeing God, like who created everything is like watching us. But um, but marriage from for me feels like uh, just a huge blessing that's like been able to like die to myself more and help me like have a deeper connection with with God. So. Yeah, it's not for, like, trying to pursue my own happiness or yeah. something like that. It really has, like, um, drawn me closer to God in that. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. See, a con you guys heard a common theme through all that? Some good stuff. Hey, okay, let's read. We're going to read the Word of God real quick. Um, and then um, there's a clear passage in Ephesians 5. It'll be on the screen. If you want to turn there, on your own, if you have your own Bible, you can do that. Ephesians 5, uh, verse 22 through 33. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this. And then we'll have just each person go to the line. Sam, you can start. 
and then you guys just share, okay, how have these verses, I'm pretty confident all of you have read this passage, been familiar with it, because it's so clearly about marriage, but also about uh, the relationship of Christ and his church. But I mainly want to know, how has God used this passage to help your marriage, strengthen your marriage, sharpen your marriage? What are some things, some truths from here that help you out? So we're going to read Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Again, it'll be on the screen if you want to follow along. It says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. That's Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. So amazing passage there, a lot. We even already heard some of it referenced in their first question. But Sam, why don't you kick us off? Just what's something in that passage that has really helped you or strengthened you guys in your marriage? Yeah, I think uh, when it talks about, like, loving her like Jesus loves the church, that's, for me, that, like, blew my mind. Like, Jesus, he, like, he died, like, and the blood on the cross for the church, you know, to, like, redeem all of our, our yeah. sins. And so um, I think for me that, like, the the clear roles in realizing that, like, it's not just I get to do whatever I want and be like, all right, Maggie, this is what we're going to eat tonight because I'm the husband, you know, <laughs> I'm leading. But, no, it's, like, it's more of, like, the responsibility of, like, oh, I need to be the one to forgive, like, to, like, forgive quickly or to ask for repentance first, like, to repent to my wife. I'm the one leading us. And so, like, if we start going down a different path, and it's, like, I'm not allowed to go away, right, and just be, like, pout or do something like that. Like, I need to be the one pursuing her, leading the family, and and also be the one, like, all right, this is, like, what, God, what are you saying? And so making sure that I'm constantly, like, humbly before the Lord and also loving my wife, like, and putting her needs and what she, like, her above my own. And so really f for me, that was like the responsibility of it. Um, that's what this, this scripture has said to me. So, Amen. Um, I really like this passage because it's just so clear. And it, like Sam said, it gives you clarity. It gives you the roles. Um, it makes me think about in college or school when you had a team project and no one really wanted to take the lead. You're like, oh, fine, I'll do it. But it just is very clear that the man is the leader. And so for me, in any way where I'm like, oh, well, no one's leading. Maybe I should. This is like clarity to go back of like, oh, actually, God has like positioned Sam to be the leader of our household. And so I get to submit to him in that. I get to respect him in that. I love that wording in the very last passage or the very last verse. Um, it says, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And, and so it just even gives wording to how I, like, can treat and support Sam and not fall into this temptation of, like, trying to lead or go my own way, but really being unified together and, like, respecting him and his leadership that God has given him. No one else has given that to him but God. And so really honoring that. That's awesome, Megan. Sarah? That's so good. Um, yeah, I'll just add that I think that whenever we read, I'll focus on the wife part. 
I could tell you all the ways Stephen loves me, but I'll focus on the wife part. So for wives submitting to your husbands, I think that that's super countercultural to what we live in in America. Um, and so just that part alone stands out to me. Um, whenever wives submit to our husbands, it's in this humility that comes from Jesus. And it doesn't make me like this weaker vessel or whatever. It actually is strong. Like we see Jesus' strength every time that he humbles himself before someone or that spirit inside of us that displays humility. That really is a thing. That's amazing. And so just honoring um, Stephen in that and considering him better than myself, you know, uh, clothing myself with humility. And it doesn't mean that I don't get a voice and that I don't have insight or wisdom to share, but really submitting to my husband and that it clicks better. Whenever that gets off in our household, we can tell and we have to recenter. We can totally tell whenever that gets off. So just knowing, yeah, like Maggie said, just our role and playing into it and trusting Jesus in that role too. Awesome. Um, so as we think about this, um, think about Jesus's heart. Uh, so the one time he describes his heart, it's gentle and lowly. Um, and so this whole thing screams gentleness <coughs> and humility and lowliness. Um, yeah. So uh, the, the way that we approach this is with Jesus's heart. Yeah. Um, and so as, as I looked at this and thought, thought about it some more, because um <laughs> we've definitely had this conversation in our marriage before, but the one thing I always think of is, is love, love Sarah like Sarah needs to be loved. So we talked about love languages earlier, or was mentioned earlier. Um, so like not so much of what I want, but what she needs and what's going to raise her up to follow Jesus in, in, a, in a new light. Um, and so I just kind of jotted this down. It, it, you know, present your wife to the Lord holy and blameless, just like you want to be presented to the Lord holy and blameless. Uh, you want to come before the Lord and him to say, well done, good and faithful servant, and you want to lead your wife in that same manner. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Linda? Um, so Steve and I have lived our lives together, really one of mutual submission. I know that's a little bit different than the tone that we're getting, but um, we have emphasized, like if I have an area of strength, Steve is very happy to defer to me. And if he has an area of strength, I'm very happy to defer yeah. to him. And that's been a pattern in our life. So I'll, I'll just kind of start there. I did write something about this. Um, if I can get my phone open. This has been in my phone for quite a long time. I felt like the Lord gave me. Uh, I didn't write it this morning. I've, I've had it. On just on the topic of love and submission. And, of course, if you look at verse 21, it says... It's a mutual submission, mm -hmm. right? There are times when we need to submit to one another, and I don't think that I'm off the hook for loving mm -hmm. either. I, I, I'm, I'm also commanded to love. But what if the instructions were given to each gender on the basis of their particular area of struggle? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. For men... Vulnerability is a feeling to be avoided. That's, you know, in the world, we'll say. Could the emphasis on love for men be the result that love makes us feel vulnerable? Mm. To love deeply 
and completely is to be deeply and completely vulnerable. So maybe this helps them understand that, you know, that that's what they're called to do. It's an area of, str of struggle or weakness. And then wives submit to your husbands as the physically weaker gender. Women have developed ways to exert control through subtle means. So voluntary submission from the heart necessarily strips away the subtly crafted control and leaves us, in a sense, also vulnerable. Perhaps we must both submit voluntarily and love deeply to return to the garden. In the garden, we were naked and unashamed, intimate allies. I think that is the ultimate goal, is to get back to Eden. And um, I just, I mean, I'm not saying this is a, I'm not pounding my Bible, okay? I'm just saying this is the way the Lord has spoken to my heart about these things. So, That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. You know, I like to take these this text and just put some guardrails around it because actually context, everybody in Raleigh knows I am adamant about context. Mm -hmm. And the context of this starts uh, within the chapter before. And the chapter of before, at verse 15, it says, Be careful how you live because the days are evil. And then he goes in, and a lot of people even find, uh, if you look at your Bible, and I really don't like Bible, uh, I like par paragraphs and that's it. I don't like topic headers because it's like, oh, yeah, well, this is the subject matter here. Well, the subject matter for this whole deal is about his body. It's about his church, and he's saying, he, you know, we have that, the, the first initiating comment, he's going, the days are evil, don't allow yourself to get in debauchery, don't get drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing songs, making melody, each one of you has a spiritual song, which, by the way, everyone wants mine to be really low, Okay. <laughs> Uh, that is not my gift. But then it says, submitting to one another. And uh, later on, the context is, he says to, to children, obey. Now, the word submit there can be called obey, but more often it's to come under. Yes. And I think what the guardrail I want to give is, here's what I, I run into... You know, I'm a baby boomer, and <laughs> baby boomers, we knew what that, we understood that Bible verse right there. And I'm telling you what, little miss needs to submit. And, here, and I, I have one question for those guys. How's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. That is not a justification for you getting your way. Right, right. And if that's your attitude, the context of this is, somebody quoted it, Philippians 2. Think of others as more important than yourselves. And Galatians, where it says, there is no male nor female. 
God's intention is to get us back to the garden. And I think what Brenda was hitting on is after the fall, there's vulnerabilities. The vulnerability is men like to abdicate. Oh, you do it. I don't want to. Be, hey, I don't, I'm, my hands are off. No, you have to assume the responsibility and take the hit for assuming responsibility. And that's a different kind of guardrail than I'm in large and in charge because that attitude is totally antithetical to the nature of Jesus. And so you can't read into it your own spiritual immaturity. If you do, that's not good exegesis. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Steve. So helpful. There's one comment on um, this whole passage and even thinking about how to do marriage well, how to be husband, good husband, good wife. Have any of you guys done it perfectly throughout your entire marriage? <laughs> no? All right. It's just important to, to know, you know, these three couples up here are such healthy, strong marriages, but it's just important to know that, hey, we're going to fail. We're going to miss it. We're going to mess up. We're going to exert the vulnerability in the wrong way, as it was just addressed. And that's why, listen, I just want to bring us back before we keep going. It's like, praise the Lord for the cross. Praise the Lord that Jesus died to forgive us of our sin and then rose again to give us hope and victory. And so what this is, is it's a picture of God's best and his way. But just a reminder is when we, when we miss it, not if, when we miss it, we come low, we ask God for forgiveness, we repent, we turn, and we ask him for grace to keep moving forward in the right way. But it is helpful to know that it's not a, you know, a, a moving target we're trying to figure out where to shoot. No, the Lord's made it clear, here's where we're going, and it's this direction, it's this heart, it's this posture, it's this way of Jesus. Um, but when we miss it, we turn back, and we say yes to him. Just want to talk about that first before we keep rolling here. But let me... Um, little bit shift gears and uh, just where where are the singles at again wave your hand singles go ahead if you're not married all right okay so um just want to specifically kind of talk about your season for a second and have them answer a few questions because this is just such a significant season of uh your life and we none of us none of you guys know exactly how long that's gonna be but mainly here's the question to you guys and um however you guys want to share can share but Pretty much think about when you were not married, so when you were single, what is something you really wish you knew or wish you were already doing so that you could have entered into marriage maybe at a better place, a healthier place? So I'm pretty confident all you guys that, again, you're single now, but one day you want to be married, you want to go into it as healthy as you can. Um, and so just would love for a few of you to comment on that. What's something you wish you would have known or been doing as a single that you think would have helped prepare you for marriage? So, Brenda, you can start. <clears throat> I think one of the keys to a, <clears throat> a healthy, whole marriage is to come into it with as intact sense of self as you can. Now, <clears throat> some of that growing up happens as a result of marriage. But... Um, if you're looking to your spouse to sort of, what is that old, uh, the Jerry Maguire movie, you complete me. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> wow. So I think that uh, we got married pretty young because that's what people did then. But, um, <laughs> that, 
that sense of who I was uh, or the lack thereof is working that out probably caused more conflict and more difficulty. Now, the marriage worked on me, so it was good, but I think if there was anything I could have done, maybe get healing for some of my, the, you know, the issues of my family of origin. My family of origin was pretty good, but we all have things that we bring from our family of origin to sort of get a, a better self-awareness of these are the things I want to leave behind and these are the things I want to emphasize and bring forward and to get, you know, I don't know if you all have a freedom ministry, to get some freedom ministry, I think would be great for a young couple considering marriage and then to just um, get some discipleship to help in those areas to, to gain a better self-awareness so that you're coming into the marriage as whole as you can be. That's awesome. Thank you. Anything to add, Steve? Wow. Uh, that's, we say this to young couples, no one's ready for marriage. Marriage makes you ready for marriage. <laughs> Mar marriage is its own institution that God set up. He goes, I got a plan. It's called marriage. And the reason it's so important is there's a deep abiding commitment. And that commitment that is structural, it's, it's covenantal, it's deep, it's witnessed. Um, that's why living together is, doesn't change you. It, it doesn't do anything. It lets you just be your own selfish person. Uh, whereas when you commit to marriage, what you're doing is you're submitting yourself to a process, whether you knew that or not. It, 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 you know, God's going, they have no idea what I'm going to do. I am, uh, this is going to be hard work. <laughs> The angels are going, Lord, I don't know about that. <laughs> and, and so what's happening is uh, I, what I wish I'd have known is how to cooperate with that process. Yeah. I, I, I wish what I would have gone is, you know, this really yucky feeling and you're feeling like it's all her fault and you're like really just wanting to lash out or quit or do whatever you do when you're having those moments in marriage that we don't want to confess, but they're really there. Uh, can I just tell you what, what you need to do is say, God, what is it? What does this mean, and what must I do? Don't say, why is this happening to me? Because it's happening to you because you are an immature baby, and you need to grow up. You need to become a man of God instead of a boy that hardly knows him. And so, you know, own your own stuff. <laughs> Confess it, repent of it, change. Grow up, become a man. I wish I'd have known that, but I didn't. <laughs> Woo! All right, Steve. How, how old were you guys when you got married? 19. 19. All right. Steve is speaking to his 19-year-old self right there. Let's go. Let it out, Steve. Come on. So good. All right, Paul. So what do you want to say? I really just want to say ditto and move on. <laughs> but I did want to um, just say say one thing, um, and this is both for you know before you get married and and even into your early years of marriage is like this desire for unity. Um, this is it's so important, but. You don't have to have that first 
the first thing you have to have is you have to be on mission and have a heart for Jesus. Um, and if you are on mission and have a heart for Jesus, then the byproduct of that is the unity. Um, and you gain that, and, and a place you gain that is, is marriage. And I, golly, I love that. You know, just grow up, you know, get married, and then you'll learn marriage. In marriage, that's where it happens, because it's so true. You, you can read all the books. You can go to all the conferences. You can listen to every podcast. You get in marriage, you learn marriage. <laughs> that's where it happens, so. Um, I think that before marriage, that just the relationship with God, just work on that first and foremost, and, and also I keep thinking of humility and just like walking into it knowing that you don't have all the answers because we we got to grow up together because we did get married young too, so we got to work out a lot of this together, but if you have time or if you have had time, work on your relationship with the Lord and that will that will strengthen it whenever that time comes. Awesome. Yeah, just agree and think about the hours or times that I had whenever I was single spending time with God, it like built this foundation in me. It built this like, oh, I go to God for these things in me. That doesn't change when you get married. You still spend time with God every day, just like you do right now if you're single. Um, But it also makes me just think about the word contentment and what does that look like for us to be content with whatever God has given us, whatever season you're in, um, especially in singleness, being content with singleness and trusting God with marriage one day. Um, But that contentness doesn't change when you get married either. There's more and more things that you want or desire or want to happen. And so really owning that contentness or contentment um, in your heart, like choosing that, because we're going to choose that the rest of our lives. And so learning that specifically in singleness. Um, And then the other thought I had too is kind of funny, but just press in to learning um, conflict resolution with your roommates. Just press into it. Learn how to do it well. Learn how to communicate. Learn how to receive feedback. Learn how to figure it out because um, if you don't do it then or learn about how you respond to conflict then, it only comes out more in your marriage. And so learning that communication, learning how to like choose um, unity, choose that with your roommates or with your friends or whoever you're around like don't run away from that because in marriage it'll just be in your face (laughs) yeah uh, it would be practice putting things away all right closing cupboard doors no i'm just kidding (laughs) 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 no there is a um i was i was thinking i thought about this question because i was like how far back are we talking so i got married uh, there's a little bit of an age gap between maggie and i'm 30 uh, i'm 33 and she's uh, 25 so i actually didn't become a christian until i was 28 and we got married when i was 31 so i was like man there's just a lot of a lot of stuff in between there that it's like god that was yeah i don't know if i would have known about maggie but like before, I would have just, yeah, I would have done a lot of things differently. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things differently, yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but I, I just thought about, like, the year leading up to us getting, like, like for us starting dating was God did a lot of things in my heart that were super helpful of, like, walking in purity for the first time of, like, for, like, eight, nine months before that and him really preparing a way and really trusting him. So, like, the Bachelor of the Rapture thing, but that was, like, kind of a joke, but I was like, Jesus, you're all I need. You're all I need. And so he really was first, and I just think, like, if anything, I would say trust God more. And then the other thing was to not try to make peace where it's not. And so, like, while you're, like, out there and maybe, like, 
oh, do I like this person? Do I not? Or what's going on? Or like you're trying to like if it's like God will give you peace. And that and that's where like when when Maggie came around, I had complete peace. I'd ran out of a lot of things and run from different things, relationships, whatever it was. But um, with Maggie, I never doubted. And God like spoke directly to me about her. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Sam. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here with some final parting words. And um, the way we'll do it is I'm going to have kind of each couple kind of give some parting words of wisdom to, I guess, the stage of life just um, below you guys. So with the keys, you guys have been married for, you said, 21 months? Still counting months over there. Nice. Um, so I know you kind of just similarly answered that question, but just talk to um, – the singles in this room, specifically anybody that's just not in a relationship right now, just mm-hmm. what what must they know <laughs> from you guys that you think would help them um, as a man or woman of God uh, in this season? So you guys can start with that. Yeah, yeah so uh, Maggie and I were talking about this, <laughs> and our, our relationship we felt like was also one of redemption, mm-hmm. right? So my, my past looks a lot different than hers, where it was a lot of drugs, alcohol, sex, and and those things, while well, Maggie, like, uh, we, I was the first guy she held hand, hands with. And, and uh, yeah, so it was like, I think there was a lot of shame and a lot of things that I had, like, uh, carried through my life or thought and thought certain things, especially after I became a Christian, was like, well, this is just the way it's going to be. But, like, God has something in store for you. Yeah. And, like, he likes to give good gifts. And that's what Maggie is to me is a good gift, you know. And um, not something I earned or deserved. And so, yeah, I felt like to our parting was like it really is about jesus like focus on him and like the other things will come like the other relationships like he will he will supply that you know and so that will come in his time you don't need to try to make it happen or try to figure it out or it's like it really was like yeah i don't know that was a a big part of it so awesome maggie what do you want to add yeah i um i would just encourage you guys to like desire the ways of the kingdom and let marriage come from that. Like almost like if you're on this path, like fix your eyes on Jesus, not what's le- left or right, um, and let like someone come along with you. Um, but I would al- I would also just like say with that too, like let let God lead you even in your like thoughts and desires, or even just like what Sam was saying, like like it, it is possible. Like you can desire marriage, and it is a good gift from God. Um, and let like put that back in his hands or if it comes up or if you're like oh I like really want this or oh this is like distracting or whatever like just pray into your marriage like whatever you sow into your marriage you will reap in your marriage and so why not pray as much as you can before you get married in this time in this season um but I also just say like desire the things of the kingdom like never before like like give away your money to the kingdom of God give away your time to the kingdom of God give away your desires and love for your friends and for this church just like just give it away and let God do the rest of it because in his hands it is safe and it is like beautiful and he will like give it back to you um like in your timing so the desire of marriage give it to him and let him give it back to you in the desire of the seasons or whatever give it to him so that he has like touched it so whenever you receive it it's not yours anymore it's like from yeah. him too and so really just go for it in the kingdom and let marriage be a result of that <laughs> one last quick thing. <laughs> I know this is a, this is actually a really big thing. It's like a more practical is uh, do relationships in community. Don't go off on your own. Like one of the biggest things that was super hu- helpful was uh, like my my, my, my wingman over here, Mitchell. <laughs> well, Jeff, that was right there. 
uh, I, I actually went to him Wing and be like, man. hey, man. The new title? <laughs> he, had, he had started discipling me right when I had started going to Antioch. And, um, and so he really knew my whole story. He knew all the things uh, that I'd gone through. But um, I was also like, I went to him. I was like, hey, man, I was, I was thinking about getting in a relationship. And I had something I was, I was thinking about. I was like, what do you think? And I was kind of submitting it to him as somebody who had been covering me. And, uh, um, yeah, so I was like, I, was, I thought he was going to be like, no, you're not allowed to ask Maggie out. She works <laughs> for the church. Sam, I know your story. But he was like, yes, ask her out. But, uh, but sorry, that was just a quick thing. Do it in community. And it was so helpful. It was so healthy. Like, uh, Beth and Mitchell both walked us through. Like, we made, like, a boundary sheet starting out. But it was just, like, doing that in that covering was super helpful. And so, yeah, it really made a big difference. Awesome. Thanks. Honor to be your wingman. Uh, <laughs> Doing it in community. Amen. Okay, Pauls, I want you to specifically speak to the younger married couples. Okay, so okay. raise your hand if you've been married for five years or less. Okay, great. All right, so really intentionally speak into what you think. Okay, you so fun. Um, I think for early marrieds, be quick to repent and be quick to say sorry. That would have really saved some things for us, <laughs> some strife for us. Um, and as we've practiced that, like the relationship, repent to God, and then this can be healthier. And then say sorry and forgive. And the quicker that we get better at that, the more healthy it will look. And then also just, I think this is for everyone, but um, always think of the eternal lens like we are walking for eternity and so marriage this this thing we're like looking toward eternity and seeing jesus one day so be quick to say sorry all right um we just sang a song jesus be the center of it all um marriage is included in that it is not about our individual happiness or even the happiness of our spouse um but it's it's about the fulfillment of god's desire worshiping honoring him living together in unity, living on mission, living for a purpose. Um, it's all these things. Um, and then I'm going to leave you with, with a Francis Chan quote because I love Francis. Um, <laughs> and so this, to Sarah's point, this, this would have rang so true if we just would have really focused on the mission and the purpose of our marriage. Um, and it's uh, being in war together is what keeps us from being in war with each other. So having a purpose for what you're doing, uh, living for the gospel, living for his kingdom, keeps the little things, the, the simple pride issues that we have, it keeps them at bay. Um, so thanks, Francis. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Stephen, Brenda, I want you to specifically speak to those of us who have been married you know, six years and plus. So who, six years and up, been married that long? All right, you guys are the older marrieds, all right? So... Uh, yeah, just give us some words of wisdom as we close out here. One of the thoughts that I have is that as you, you know, um, go through the years of marriage, you can get into a habit of sort of keeping, um, staying disconnected. A lot of your interactions with, with one another may be to try to keep a safe distance. And that is, do not do that. Um, it's like we're not going to talk about that because that is forbidden territory and I'm going to avoid uh, you know doing this because I might trigger something and so you get into a, a habit of sort of trying to keep a safe distance from your spouse so that you don't get into dangerous territory the goal one of the goals of marriage is to have deep deep intimacy 
I mean, just think about it like this. There'll be a day, most likely, then one of you will bury the other one. You know, you all only, if you've only been married six years, then that's not in on your mind. But when you've been married 47 years, and you see that happen to some of your friends, you think about it. And you want, <laughs> you want to know that you've been fully known and that you've fully known another human being. You don't want to do that and have a safe distance between you. So work it out. Work it out because this is precious. This knowing thing that the scripture uses almost like a, <coughs> a polite way of intimacy, but it, it is about knowing. And so stick with it so that you can fully know another human being and they can you can fully be known. Um, I think for those of you that I'm going to just talk to everybody including those of you that aren't married because I think that's you know the, the goal the, you know <laughs> I, I, we've lived long enough to meet people that have been married five six times and you go why in the world would they keep getting married and the reason is is there's something in all of us that knows that there is this thing that we are needing another person to be part of us. It, it, there, it, you know, it's one times one equals one. It's not 0. 0.5 plus 0. 0.5 equal one. So that's why we say bring a whole person to the, to the marriage. But in a way, God can work with 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5, but he's going to multiply it. And, and you are not going to be really whole as a couple. And I would say, people say, what is the most romantic thing you can say? Uh, and for Brenda and me, because we are very weak-willed people, we're not. Uh, but we are very strong-willed people. And one of the things is we both have a will. And... I can't surrender my will to her, but I can surrender it to him. And she can't surrender her will to me, or she will begin to despise me, but she can surrender her will to him. And what happens as we do that, we get to mutually enthusiastic agreement. How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? You can't. That question is a rhetorical question. It's impossible. And so what happens is, in, and what Brenda was hitting on is every area where you tend to have your most conflict is where you're going to, if you can get over that, you'll have your greatest vengeance against the devil. And a lot of us have family patterns that are generational. Uh, and I don't care what your family pattern is. You've got a new family and you've got a new father. And you've got new DNA, and that DNA replaces the old DNA. And your marriage is a place for you to begin to manifest that and say, as for me and my household, we're not going to be 
angry. We're not going to be depressed. We're not going to be uh, self-centered. We're not going to be escapist. You know, we don't have man caves in our family. We have family hideouts where we all come together. You know, it, it's kind of this, you know, if mama ain't happy, I can still be happy because I'm not controlled by everything around me. I'm controlled by my walk with Jesus. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be able to be there for mama while she ain't happy, but I don't have to change my weather. And, and so, so part of what, you know, you begin to say, the kingdom begins to permeate my marriage. And then you start having real intimacy. And can I just say this as an advertisement? You practice this long enough, guys, and uh, that intimacy you thought you were, had when you were in your 20s is nothing like it is when you're in your 60s, late 60s. Just good advertisement. <laughs> and I ain't going to say more than that. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass you. That's all right. And, and then if... There is a lot at stake here. Yeah. There's a lot at stake, if you ha particularly if you have children. And all of you, whether you have children, you will have spiritual children. You will leave a legacy. You, you need to decide what the legacy is you want to leave. Because you will leave a legacy. And then, Brenda, why don't you just close us out and pray for us two things. That legacy word you just shared. And then just um, for all of us, kind of breaking off some of those kind of generational yeah. norms that we inherited from our families. I mean, I know so many of you guys just kind of walk through broken situations with your parents' marriage or your family situations. And um, just God is a God of restoration and redemption and healing. So you can just pray those things over us. Father, we are so thankful for your wisdom. You started this whole thing with marriage, and you're going to end it with marriage. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we want to understand what it is you're trying to show us about you through the whole plan of marriage. I'm thankful for each and every marriage that is represented in this church, and I speak blessing over it. Lord, for those that are struggling, Lord, I pray that you would show them that they're, they have a common enemy so that they can come together and stand against it. And for those that are considering marriage, Lord, I just pray that you would give them your understanding, that they would go into that wholeheartedly. Lord, I just speak blessing over this church, and I just ask, Lord, for your um continued help with all the marriages here. Amen. All right, guys, let's give it up for these three amazing couples. Thank you, guys. Y'all can head back to your seat. Come on, come on. Keep going. Give it up for these guys. Awesome. All right, well, here's how we will um, close it out. Um, 
I'm going to have uh, you three couples that are up here. Um, if you can make yourself available right over there just to pray for some folks, that'd be great. And then maybe a couple more of our life group leaders, if y'all can go on this side. Uh, just want to give space. If anyone uh, wants to receive some specific prayer for anything that was brought up through this conversation that you want to pray for, if you're a young married couple, you want to bring your spouse up there and just get prayed over, that would be awesome too. But anyone that's really, really wrestling with something difficult and hard in the family side of things, we want to make sure that you are ministered to. Uh, this morning. All right, so you can have some worship music on somewhere uh, in the background. Y'all do your thing. So that's more worshipful and prayerful. Um, but so rich. Thank you guys. Come on, one more time. Give it up for them. Thank you. That was so good. So good. Man, let me just pray for us one more time. God, thank you for everything this morning. You are so, so good to us. Thank you for just your sweet presence that has been here this whole time. And God, I pray we leave here just carrying things that will uh, bear so much good fruit for years to come. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're officially done here. If you're a guest and want to stick around to the next steps here, stop by just for five minutes right over there. Everybody else, we will see you guys either at Life Group this week or church next Sunday. Love you all. Have a great week. Don't forget, if you want some prayer, come right over here.